ship the size of Canada can be Earth very fast. If it comes within 10,000 kilometers of Earth, we send up missiles. The creatures on board this ship are not objects to be sold or traded. The ship's coming through the atmosphere. This ship contains the most precious cargo. My only responsibility is the Earth's safety. Run! This ship's been boarded before. You think I will punish those who get in my way? Dinosaurs on a spaceship! Discussing Network presents Discussing Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I am Kyle Jones, and I want to welcome back the gentleman who was not with us last week and allowed Lee and I to kind of run wild with our interviewish randomness of virtues. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Clarence Brown, how are you? I'm doing well, man. You know, back like Mike, wearing a four or five. You know how I do it. But yeah, glad awesome. to be here with you guys. Well, you were missed. We did have fun with our virtue of randomness, which, Lee, I think that was an awesome title. So I have to say, Lee Shackelford, welcome back. Oh, yes. But I was just listening to that episode uh, myself, so uh, I feel like I haven't been anywhere. (laughs) And as I messaged you earlier today, if that doesn't make people sick of the sound of our voices, nothing will. It just makes them want it more. It makes them Indeed. Like, Indeed. Like I, I wrote on the post, uh, it's like spending, you know, at the bar listening in on a good conversation. That's how it feels. <laughs> well, good. Well, I did something actually for you, Clarence. I just want you to know, since you were not here and I wanted to break up the conversation since it literally was so random that some of the music, especially at the very beginning and my transition music, has a specific name to it. Any idea what that name of that music was? No idea. Uh, after Jennifer Asylum Lynn. of the Daleks <laughs> with Clara. Okay. Yeah. All right. Anyway, that was for you. I thought you were just doing your best oh. hourglass impression. That's that's what I thought was going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That was that mm. was for you. That was Clara. And then the music toward the end is where we're going for this particular series. And ultimately, by the end of Series 7, where we will wind up is Trenzalore. So that was the name of the second piece, or Trenzalore is in part oh, of it. So awesome. It's called Trenzalore. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> what's going on. Gentlemen, any other news? I'm curious. I Wait, wait. We have d- to introduce Lee, right? I thought we did. You did. Oh, my bad. My bad. I'm tripping. Yeah. Yeah, I said people are sick of listening to me. So, yeah, carry on. <laughs> Let's take we're still in our virtue of randomness. That's what we're doing. That's right, apparently. And my brain is still fried. So, you know, I I will have to admit, I enjoyed no notes so much last week that I still have notes, but I just really enjoyed not having notes. But I do have a question because I have had a tremendously busy week and I am running on not coffee fumes because my Keurig thingy majiggy kind of like died this morning and I wanted to whip it out to the Dalek Asylum. So mm-hmm. I am just kind of <laughs> running on fumes. That said, any news that you guys know of? Uh, well, 
we posted a few things in the Discussing Network Facebook group. You know, Facebook slash group slash Discussing Network. Yeah, man, we did get the preview image of Matt Smith in uh, Game of Thrones. Get up for the Game of Thrones prequel. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yes, indeed. I I think it just really looked cool seeing Matt Smith with blonde hair. Well, uh, he, he kind of did as uh, Prince Philip in uh, True. The Crown. True. Sort of. Because Prince Philip did. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm still stuck that uh, that he's Prince Philip. So, <laughs> you know, I I can only do so many transitions with him. So, Did anyway. you forget, since you brought up Philip, did you forget by the end of his tenure as Philip, did you forget he was the doctor? Yeah, yeah. That's not, not Matt Smith anymore. It was Prince Philip. Yeah. Same here. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. And uh, interesting coincidence there. We're talking about uh, tying into Game of Thrones because uh, tonight we have an episode with David Bradley in it. Yeah, yeah. He, he's he's very akin mm-hmm. to his uh, Game of Thrones character in this episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and his character from Harry Potter as well. So Indeed. we'll talk about that more later. Very, later. very Walter Frey. He was channeling that Walter Frey. <sighs> Poor Arya. And also we uh, got a bit more of Sad news or happy news, depending on which side of the fence you stand on uh, involving John Barrowman. I know we chose not to really discuss that in detail on this show right now, but he's been pulled from this new time fracture VR thing that uh, BBC has coming up. And looks like he's been pulled also for some of the audio adventures that he had coming up as well for Torchwood. So, um, yeah, they're kind of pulling back on old John. And cancel culture being what it is, um, right or right or wrong, you know, I'm not I'm not taking a side in that. But um, I have been wondering. We were just saying on this show recently that uh, all three of us want to go back and watch Torchwood again. Um, unless you've got it on DVD, you may not be able to. I I could really see uh, one of the carriers uh, pulling Torchwood. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I was thinking that, and I'll take it one step further. And we may have mentioned this on our review of Asylum of the Daleks. So that, you know, like I said, may be something we've already mentioned. But what I want to say is it's interesting the feeling that I'm having, whereas these are actors in my brain that I feel like I'm attached to in some mental way. Because, you know, you hear all these stories of, you know, this person does this and that person does that. And it's like, oh, I hate they did that. That was very wrong, but it doesn't impact me. And this kind of does. And it's a interestingly weird feeling. Yeah, it really hurts when you also know that the character, uh, the actor portraying the character had such a strong passion for the show, which yes. certainly John, John Barrowman yeah. has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. And I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's sad. It's just very sad. Yeah. And, and I think that's the best way to say it is it, 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 it is sad for him. It's sad for anyone that was offended and it's sad for us as the fans. And I think maybe it's just right. kind of think before you act kind of thing, you mm-hmm. know, just really. Well, there's think. that. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So any other news that was actually awesome. I'm glad you brought that up, Clarence. Oh yeah, certainly, man. Certainly. And I can't wait to get Nicole back on here with us. That will be awesome. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. So we are recording this on the 18th of uh, May, which coincidentally is the third anniversary of my uh, glass of wine that I shared with uh, Dave Cooper in Yorkshire. Just 
interesting because we just happened to be talking about it in the last episode. But anyway, 11 days hence, a mere 11 for, for Matt Smith, um, is, uh, who lent a virtual TARDIS 2021. And if it's conceivable that somebody's listening to us and doesn't already know about this, we'll point you simply to the website, wholanta.com, W-H-O-L-A-N-T-A. And if time gets all wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, and you're listening to this, potentially, we never know, after Hulanta, still go to wholanta.com and you might see... Great things on Hulanta. Who knows? Who? It's true. No. Who? So, gentlemen, I don't have anything else. So I think it would be appropriate at this moment to say, if you have not seen dinosaurs on a spaceship, not a real dinosaur on a real spaceship, (laughs) the episode of Doctor Who, (laughs) Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, put us on pause, go out, watch the episode, Come back because from this moment forward, spoilers. Spoilers. Affirmative. Spoilers. Spoilers? What spoilers? And I killed Sparky too. (laughs) Alrighty, the spoiler warning has gone out and we are back to review Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. This is the second episode of the 2012-2013 series of Doctor Who, first airing on the 8th of September, 2012. It starred Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor, Karen Gillan as Amy Pond, and Arthur Darville as Rory Pond. Summary view. Clarence Brown, I'll start with you. Summary view. What say you? Well, you know, um, this episode does not have Jenna Coleman in it, unfortunately. But oh my God, I I, I love seeing <laughs> Rianne Steele, if I'm saying her name correctly, in this episode mm. as a Nefertiti. Oh man, new crush. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this episode was so much fun. It I I don't remember it being this good, but I really enjoyed this episode. It's one of those Matt Smith just let it let everything go and just have fun with what's going on on the screen however uh unimaginable it is dinosaurs on a spaceship just the title is you know <laughs> but man I, I really i really love this episode had fun watching it and can't wait to dig in so i am curious to leave before i respond because i'm going to have fun with this episode in the review because I think it's going to be quite interesting. So I want to hear what Lee says before I <laughs> say something. Oh, yeah. Since I was just listening to the recording or the edited version of our uh, our rambling, flying by the seat of the pants conversation, one of the things that we put out there was the kind of scripts we wish uh, Chris Chibnall would do. Yes. Chris Chibnall wrote this. What? This is one of the shows that Chris Chibnall That's did. why I didn't. Really? I wanted really? that response so, you just did. Yes. Really? Thank you. Yeah. So, so it's a reminder. This is what he's capable of. So oh. I, 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 it hurts anyway, me. I, I love it. I, I just, beg to I just, differ, I just, but, but, but keep so going. Fun, but, oh my yeah. God. It's just so much fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm with them Clarence, you know, right down the line. Yeah. Got a lot of fun notes. If nothing else, it features the, uh, 11th Dr. Rory Pond, kiss on the mouth. Yeah. It's worth the price of admission just for that. So what about you? So I am so glad that the two of you had the response that you just did, because originally in my notes, I had 
<laughs> this episode was written by Chris Chipnell, and I took it out because I wanted and hoped that you guys, one of you, both of you, would have not known that it was Chibnall writing it, and it worked, and I'm so thankful for that. Now, <laughs> what did I think of the episode? It was a lot more fun than I remembered, a lot more fun. I did enjoy it. I thought it had good energy. It had good pace. Did it Did it have something that was like anticlimactic? Maybe so. But mm. here's what happened to me. I started, because I knew it was written by Chipnell, I started going in a different route where I'm looking at, oh, this is a Chipnellism. Oh, this is a Chipnellism. Oh, you know, and so I started seeing things that we may not necessarily like in the future from his work. The seeds he's even then seems to be planting in his writing. So I'm mm. can't wait to get into this. So, so we have Chibnolisms now, you know. I heard Lucasian, you know, for George Lucas, but you know, Chibnol has his own thing now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let's go for it. Chibnolisms. We said it here <laughs> discussing who? Chibnolisms, I guess. <laughs> so let's talk about Chibnolisms. And the first thing that I noticed was they ha have a gang. He's a purposely called them and i know they called them the fa the fam but there were several times that the 13th doctor refers to come on gang and uh, you know just a little something that chibnall threw in um there was no unit that was going to be shooting down the uh spaceship there was this other organization so again evidently he must not like unit too much and my other thing that I compared was, what did you guys, minus the actress playing Nefertiti, what did you guys think of these two added characters in addition to Rory's father going on the trip with them? What did you guys think of them? And Lee, I'll start with you this time. What did you think of them? Oh, well, they're both just wonderful additions to the story. And the, you would think that the story would get cumbersome with so many characters in it, but it doesn't. What it makes me think of is the um, the River Song story, two-parter on the Byzantium. Um, as we get to know each of those soldiers, and uh, they have distinct personalities, and um, we're still sort of getting to know Amy at that point. It, none of that feels cluttered. It's all clear as can be. And... Um, and we're also introducing, well, introducing, but we're playing again with the weeping angels. So there's a lot going on in that story, but it all, it all works. And, and that's, this reminded me of that more than anything else. It doesn't, um, it doesn't feel like a waste of time to have Nefertiti and, uh, <laughs> and Riddell along for the ride. I don't know. That, that's, that's what I thought. All right, Clarence. So we have seen Matt Smith's doctor assemble the Panasa gang before to to do a mission. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of similar to that. But what strikes me about this episode, and you know, you've already dropped the, the dime on me, or the gem on me telling me that Chibnall wrote it. It it's so crazy how he was able to write each of these characters to where seemingly I, I don't feel like any of them were shafted. I felt like I got to know each and every one of them and they had a a significant part in the story, you know, a, a, a part that, you know, got us to the conclusion at the end. So man, I love them. I love them. I mean, the characters were so different and dis distinct. 
Um, and yeah, I, I just thought they all worked really, really well together. And just, I have to say it, they were written really well. All right. So here's my thought on those two. I liked the chemistry. I want to maybe, is, I guess what you would call it. I didn't necessarily like him, Riddell, the, that character. He was just kind of, you know, too macho and just irritating, but blah, blah, blah. Okay, Kyle, he's I, from Australia. <laughs> I'm assuming Australia in the 1902 or whatever. You know, that's kind of what he's going to get, right? Yeah, true. Good point. Very good point. But I loved her. She, I loved the, the, and, and let me ask you this. Is this the same actress that is in the expanse? No, I don't think it no. is. Okay. I, for some reason thought she, she sounded like her and I was like, ah, is that a younger version of her? But regardless, whoever she is, wherever she's, she did an awesome, awesome, awesome job. And I enjoyed watching her and she, she was very queen. She embodied being the queen, you know, a queen. Mm -hmm. She, she filled that role. It wasn't, you didn't feel like she needed the outfit to be the character that she was. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And and I may have been prejudiced towards uh, Riddell that I, I'm going to like him because uh, the actor who's playing him, and I think has just nailed this character and his commitment to it is great. That's Rupert Graves, known to many of us in the U.S. as Inspector Lestrade on the BBC Sherlock. Hmm. So um, he's just, uh, and I love him on Sherlock. It just he's he's just he's just great. Um, he was also in the uh, the BBC War of the Worlds. I was glad to see him there. I thought he was just terrific. Familiar. Yeah, yeah, and and even though he's really a man of his time, I felt like. I feel like every point of contention you may have that always oh, being chauvinistic, they played it for laughs. And he did, he didn't, he wasn't overly chauvinistic to the point where he was insisting on a certain thing. You know, he, he would back down, you know, like, okay. <laughs> he wasn't just uh, a jerk about it. Yeah. Everything that he puts up, uh, Amy's got a put down for yeah. him, which is so it's, uh, <laughs> he's well balanced. He says, you know what I want more than anything else? And she says, lessons in gender politics. <laughs> So, you know, boom. (laughs) So I want to take it really, really quick on another slant. And then I want to really get back to why we're here is we're not here to review Chibnall. We're here to review the story. But I do because it does present a unique opportunity because we are really enjoying this story. I think we would be remiss to not go where I'm going. And where I'm going is... Lee, you made a comment in our randomness conversation when we were talking about how could we save Doctor Who. And and around that conversation, at some point you said, well, he has the final sign-off. He's the showrunner, and he has the final sign-off for what is being written and et cetera and so forth. So my point I'm making there is... He wrote this, but how much influence of what we enjoyed might have come from Stephen Moffat? Yeah, and you know, just to directly I, after I said that, I thought, that's kind of my knowledge of American TV. I don't even know if they do things the same way over there. I, 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 I really don't know. Um, because, um, you know, in American TV, a script may pass through 15 or 20 hands mm-hmm before you get a script that goes on camera and they can still make changes, you know, on the spot. 
And my impression has always been of shooting things in the UK is that what's what's on paper goes, and that if somebody brings in a script and the, the you know the the showrunner says this is great, that's what they're going to do. Um, but I could I could be really wrong about that. I do not know. I but. I think it might go both ways. Well, it, it probably is different from show to show and showrunner to showrunner. So. Well, and the reason I say that that is, could you have imagined series six not having that much intricate hands-on in the stories, even the ones he didn't write, because of the way that story unfolded? Um. Yeah, I, I no. Again, I could see that both ways. It's I, I would I would like to know more about that. So if if you're listening and you work for the BBC, by all means, contact us and tell us about how the inner workings go <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, I'll just add that I believe, to, in my opinion, just now getting the information that Chimno wrote this to me is so much more than just a story that makes it feel like Doctor Who. I don't know if it's the editing team. I don't know if it's the, it's definitely the score. I can see where the score plays a huge impact to make this episode fun and upbeat. But whereas in this episode, the fun never felt manufactured to me. And that's kind of what I feel in some of the uh, latest iterations of, of Doctor Who, latest two seasons that Chibnall has been behind. It, it feels more manufactured where here, there's never a doubt in my mind that Matt Smith is having fun <laughs> and all the rest of this crew is having fun. And again, like that could be the editing. That could be the, the mix, whoever is doing the sound mix with the score, you know, and, and I wonder, and we've said this before, but I just wonder how the Chibnall era would feel if all of that was the same with just him being, you know, the main driver behind the, the stories that we get. I I agree. I agree totally. The the other thing that I would add is, and let me preface by saying that this is not a dig where I'm going, because it's going to sound like one, but it is not intended to be. But I was listening to the lines that Matt Smith said, and I superimposed Jodie Whittaker's 13th Doctor on Matt Smith's lines, you know, because the, because the story has always been, you know, the meta story is they're written for the doctor. It doesn't matter what actor is playing it. It's the same character. So I'm trying to hear her and I, I lost energy as I'm imagining it. And, and, and again, that's not a dig, but maybe it's this portrayal of how the 13th doctor is portrayed is what's the, and maybe it's not so much Chibnall. I'm just po- po- posing the question. Mm. I'm not saying I'm I think that. <laughs> but I really thought that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Mm. Something to think about. I, I can, now that you say it, I, I, however, I feel like I can totally hear um, Jody Whitaker. I'm just looking over some of the lines in the, in the script here. You know, I can, <laughs> I can imagine the 13th doctor, you know, it's Rory says, dad, I'm 31. I don't have a Christmas list anymore. <laughs> hear her saying, I do. <laughs> oh man. Cause she does. How do you start a triceratops? And, 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 and again, you know, that could be back to what you're saying, Clarence. And again, I, I feel like I keep having to say no offense too, but it may be the score that, because yeah. You know, that beautiful Murray Gold score that we're so accustomed to. But you know what I don't think we are accustomed to? Because I'm bringing this back to the story. 
I don't think we're accustomed to being in our homes and having the TARDIS materialize around us to be taken away. And I'll just start before I ask what you guys think. My thought was, I'm glad they were changing a light bulb. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. 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 That, that's, uh, he just swooped on in, didn't he? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but, you know, with no notice, I mean, yeah. you know, I was not, no. you know, trying to really go there, but, yeah, right. I mean, no notice. Uh-huh. Rory says, well, can't you call like anybody else? <laughs> yeah. So what did you, and, uh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, I, I just going to say that we, I, we've we noted before the uh, the overlap between um, New Who and uh, the Harry Potter movies. And, uh, of course, now we have uh, an episode that has David Bradley, who was Filch in those movies, and Mark Williams, who was uh, Arthur Weasley. So uh, we, we get two for the price of one here in this one. And these days, he's Father Brown. Um, but, um, yeah, so there you go. David Bradley and Mark Williams. So before we too. get to David Bradley, let's talk yes. about Mr. Williams. Yes. And mean Brian Lee, Pond? why don't you take it? Say what <laughs> Brian. Now? Mean Brian yes. Pond? I'm not a Pond. <laughs> yes, yeah. Brian Pond. So what did you guys think of him? Oh, and such a good choice to bring him on this adventure. I mean, I just lived vicariously through him in this episode. <laughs> and it's it's just a great look into the relationship of Rory and Brian, uh, where, you know, it seems like, I, I don't know if we ever got what his job was, but it seemed like Brian was more of a man of his hands, a workman, a, a blue collar mm-hmm. type of guy. And he carries a trowel everywhere. Yeah, his goes. pockets are full of stuff, <laughs> which you know you, can, you yeah. can relate that to the doctor as well. But man, I just love this character. It, in some ways, it reminded me of oh man, what's what's um Donna's grandfather's name? I keep forgetting. Wilf. Yeah, Will. It reminded Wilf. me of Wilf in yeah. some mm-hmm. ways. It not so much in what he was doing specifically, but just like the joy he had by the end of it from being on this adventure um, that he knew nothing about. He's like, is this what you guys been doing the whole time? You know? <laughs> um, just great seeing him um, indoctrinated into that, that, that life. And especially by the end, seeing him <laughs> making a few last requests of the doctor, even, even getting into some <laughs> traveling of his own with the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So great. And he becomes a full-on companion for a while. Yeah, and, and not to skip too far ahead, but the, the scene when he's just sitting on the doorstep of the TARDIS, just uh, eating the sandwich, looking at Earth. Oh, man. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. What I loved about that was it was so simple. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, sure. It, it, was, it was just simple, but yeah. it was simply brilliant. Indeed. You know, I like the fact about him that he didn't – spaz out and he didn't you know he's on a spaceship with dinosaurs and he doesn't he gets creeped out when trike you know brings the ball back and licks him on the face with the triceratops goo but he didn't freak out from being in space i thought that was really really cool yeah well he he has a moment there on the beach which is a lot for anybody to dig and uh, and Rory says he no, he doesn't like to travel. He just he goes to the paper shop and golf. That's you know. <laughs> well, now he's in the on a uh, a beach that is actually the engine room of a spaceship yeah. <laughs> over the Earth. Oh man! In um and if you 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 blink if you miss it, but they're also in the twenty fourth century. Mm, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I didn't. 
So, so they've they've been moved in time as well as space. So, yeah, Brian has Brian's getting it all at once. And of course, Amy sort of waves at Roy and says, "Tell him something." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just explain it. Yeah, thank you. He says, oh, man. Uh, and they do a nice little um, similarity between Brian and Rory, where where Rory is carrying his uh, nurse bag. I thought mm-hmm. that was wonderful. Yeah, he, he would, he would yeah. be carrying it. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the pockets in our families. <laughs> you know, and I that, thought that that's was... That's it. I really felt like this is really what you would expect Rory's dad to be like. So, And after we had had so much Amy, 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 I'm glad that we got to see a little bit of Rory's, you know, extended family too. And I thought that was, you know, what you guys were talking about, the moment with the, you know, him having the nurse's stuff. I saw that more so as the father coming to the realization that, you know, I do what I do, but my son is good at this is what he does. You know, that that acknowledgement moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that read to me, too. It's lovely. And then they get to fly a spaceship together. (laughs) So speaking of a spaceship and a gentleman in a spaceship, Walter Frey from Game of Thrones, (laughs) David Bradley. (laughs) Who we will come yeah. to know as the original, you might say. Ooh. Yeah, strange among all Doctor Who actors, he gets to play William Hartnell and the first Doctor. Yeah, and the bad guy. And, and yeah. Solomon. Yeah, and he's already been Solomon. Yeah, so yeah. So Solomon, thoughts? Either one Ooh. of you, go for it. What a what a piece of work! <sighs> My goodness. I mean, well, as soon as Amy discovers that this was a Silurian Ark. You know, in the audience, you've got to be a few steps ahead of this. You know, it's like, well, where are all the Silurians? Oh, no. Oh, don't tell me. <laughs> and, yep, yep. This guy. This guy. So. What, what a freaking creep, man. I, <laughs> exactly. I hated him so much. And so so we get to those kind of moral dilemmas, yeah. at, like at the end, where you wonder, is the doctor going to kill him? Mm. Mm. Um, so, even if by, even if passively, you know, like, I'm not going to save you. That kind of thing. You're thinking, you know, in this case, he, mm. <laughs> so I really yeah. have a question down here. I mm. kid you not. And the question is, mm. did the doctor kill Solomon? That was my going to be my question to the two of you. Did the doctor kill Solomon? Was that a snap Zai's neck moment? I think it was. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, well, you may be right. <laughs> I, mm. Yeah, that didn't sit. I mean, it, me. oh, no. Well, one of the things that we have seen over the years, you know, I think more or less from the beginning, is that the doctor will certainly, when he interrupts somebody's evil plan, he will leave the perpetrator to be um, a hoist in his own batar. Yeah. He'll, le- he'll leave him to stew in his own juice. Yeah. Um, and the 10th doctor says as much, right? In the end of time, he says, you know, uh, I've convinced people to take their, you know, or I've orchestrated or basically, not orchestrated, mm. but but... Did what you just said, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have written down here, Shadows of the Tenth Doctor. That's, there you go. It, oh, there you go. This is weird seeing Matt Smith do it. Um, if it was David Tennant's Doctor, I probably wouldn't have blinked. But, mm, yeah. <laughs> Felt kind of weird. But he was a, a freaking creepy old man, though. You know, I will say that. Now, he, did he deserve it? Yeah, yeah, you know. But And, you know, then there therein lies the million-dollar question per se is who decides if his evilness that he might do should 
end his life, you know, and well, I don't know. There's bad and there's bad. <laughs> and he was bad. He, I mean, he basically committed genocide. Yeah, and oh man, the moment I was th- really through with him is when he told our nephew that and I will break you in with immense pleasure. I'm like, oh, yeah. I hate you so much right now, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But he was written, and again, kudos to Chibnall for the way he was written. He was written to be that much of an a-hole, you know. And if we disliked him that badly, Bradley did an awesome job portraying him as he did. And as, a, as he was obviously written. What a great bad guy he is. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him as so many bad guys and he's he's so gr- I yeah. mean, you remember that on, on, that he that he was on Broadchurch as mm-hmm. well. Yep. And that um um that character was considered guilty by people just on suspicion. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All they had to do was just sort of spend any time around him and they decided that he was responsible for everything. Well, that's <laughs> that's just David Bradley, you know. It's just yeah, that was a sad one. Um, that, that, yeah. <laughs> that was really mm. yeah, that's a really tragic part of that story because in fact, he didn't have anything to do with it. But so um, then the moments where he is uh, really tender as uh, William Hartnell in uh, Adventure in Space and Time, those are the things that just knocked me out because that's not what I had expected from David Bradley. But of course, of course, um, you get the feeling that's probably more what he's really like in real. So, so speaking of, I'm glad you brought up an Adventure in Space and Time because, again, mm. you know, I said in our random conversation that discussing who almost writes itself because Mm. one of the things that I've wanted to bring up with David Bradley is we will soon be at a point in our reviews that I think it would be appropriate to review an adventure in space and time. We've never done that. Oh, wow. And I love it. So So, I love it. So there you go. That's great. All right. So I want to know really quick what you guys thought about the two robots. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, um, you remember how delighted I was when I realized uh, in the, uh, the the doctor, the widow, and the wardrobe that one of those um, ridiculous uh, soldiers was um, comedian Bill Bailey, who is somebody I've gotten to know from watching uh, comedy shows on BritBox. Um, one of these is uh, another comedian I've come to know and admire. That's that's uh, David Mitchell. Is one of these robots. So uh, that was fun to notice that in the credits. Um, and they're very much like those uh, almost worthless uh, company soldiers, the Christmas special. Uh, it's a funny choice. It's a funny choice to have them uh, have those kinds of characters, but very familiar to fans of uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's a, that's a very Douglas Adams kind of thing. And I had seen the note somewhere else that the idea of the engine room of this ship being an ocean is also a very Douglas Adams idea. And you start thinking, yeah, who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Hydro yeah, generators. Two hydro generators. But it is. There's two very uh, Douglas Adams kind of touches in that. Uh, anyway, I enjoyed them a lot. Did you, did you, I could see how people might find them annoying too. Though. What was your. I want to hear what Clarence says and then I'll give mine. Oh, mm. I thought they were great. Um, they were, when you think about what, what uh, Solomon has done, I think we needed them to kind of mm. level things out a bit. And on top of that, they were actually really, really funny. It was it was great seeing Rory kind of <laughs> talk back to them throughout this episode. So, yeah, I thought, <laughs> yes. thought they were also cold, but still really cool and funny. And 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed them. They're some of the best robots I've seen in, in Doctor Who, in my opinion, but I don't know. I, I, I liked it. Yeah, I, I did too. I liked the, and the biggest takeaway that I liked about them was their voices sounded normal. You know, it yeah. wasn't the, I am a robot. I am talking to, you know, it was just like right. the three of us are talking. And I, even though that was odd, it worked. And I, I think it made it work better. Yeah. I think that's, I think you put your finger on why I was thinking of Douglas Adams, because uh, that's a, that's sort of a running joke in, uh, in, the, in Hitchhiker is that, uh, is robots with the, the, uh, what's the trademark process called? Uh, genuine people personalities. <laughs> So, which is usually not a good idea. So uh, that that's it. These just sounded like genuine people personality robots. Absent-minded. <laughs> exactly. And, 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 and quarreling with each other and, you know, that, that whole thing. It's just like, yeah, if you're going to give robots the personalities of people, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're getting away. Oh, yeah. Well, I know that. Well, you were in my way. You know? <laughs> get them, you idiots. <laughs> get them. Uh, all right. So, guys, I have a quick question because I have run to the end of my newts. And so I want to know, did either of you, before we get into our favorite quote, did either of you have any more items you would like to bring up? And if so, what are they? I just thought the story was just a good idea, um, especially if you're tying tying in the Silurians uh, back to the episode we've seen and where they, you know, have been on earth this whole time, the idea that they would have a spaceship, they they would achieve, you know, space flight and have a spaceship take some dinosaurs out into the galaxy. I thought that was like a cool idea and to have the fail safe be for them. If everybody dies, you know, come back home. You know, <laughs> I just thought that whole idea there was, was pretty interesting. You know, the, the earth defense force, <laughs> not letting anything uh, you know, hurling back toward toward Earth, make it in one piece. I thought all of that was was really fun and and well written. And um, I guess the only gripe I I would have with the script itself is if he's taking these Salarians out and and sending them and jettisoning them in the airlock, you know, in in small groups. At some point, he had to know that he couldn't control the ship, <laughs> you know? So maybe, you know, if he's a diabolical, uh, you know, madman, maybe he would just think a little bit and maybe I should keep a few of these guys around in case I can't, you know, pilot the ship. But I digress. I just think he was diabolical, period. <laughs> he didn't, there was no brain involved, just diabolical. <laughs> well, he, he says that he had the robots um, <laughs> jettison the Silurians. So I think I think he understood that they're pretty much in control of the ship. So in theory, they're the ones flying the thing, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to make that make sense. Um, here's something that interests me and may not interest anybody else, but um, Nefertiti uh, was, of course, the wife of Amenhotep and queen of Egypt. Uh, I like that they call her Nephi in this yeah. because they can't call her Titty, can they? <laughs> <laughs> um, but... She <laughs> very the very first thing that we get is this uh, this quick joke about um, how in a previous adventure, uh, not on camera, um, the doctor and uh, Nephi have uh, have fought off a plague of locusts. 
Um, which to many of us who grew up on the Hebrew Bible might say, hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Nefertiti was, she was, uh, she was queen of Egypt uh, hundreds of years before um, uh, when we think the uh, plagues of Moses would have happened. So uh, no, the doctor did not help repel one of the, uh, the plagues. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I thought that was interesting. And you know, the, the actress here playing her really looks like the, the, the statue, yeah. the bust that we all yeah. know. And that's that's part of what's wonderful is that that is some people say that is the most recognizable antiquity in the world that bu- that bust of Nefertiti and um, is beautiful. I learned it really is. It is it's like a standard of beauty that's timeless. You know, it doesn't look like it's Mm-mm. whatever it would be four thousand years old. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I, I learned something interesting reading about it this week because it just got. Just got interested about that. Um, we uh, some scientists got access to uh, the the bust and were able to do um, scans of it, like um, not X-ray, but like um, uh, I've forgotten what it, it's more like an fMRI, an, uh, an MRI. And they found that there's a layer of thin plaster on it, and that there's a the limestone bust is underneath, and it doesn't look like that on the inside. Uh, I'm not explaining that. Apparently. The original bust had a certain face, and then another artist later came and laid this face on top of Interesting. it. And the original face, they're, they're thinking, may have been a more realistic likeness. She's got some lines around her mouth and crow's feet. Mm. And so what they did, what apparently what this later artist did, was um, kind of put a layer of makeup on it. So, which, which I'd just like to think, this is somebody who knew her and said, yeah, but I remember how she looked 20 years ago. Yeah. Let's go. We're going to, you maybe, know. Maybe. They, they used so, Photoshop BC. It was Photoshop BC. Anyway, so that's my that's my trivia about the uh, the famous bust. Of, but um, when they were on the beach and they're by that sheer, sheer cliff, it made me think of the cliff in uh, Broadchurch. Yeah, yeah. I can because see because I, was, I was already thinking about uh, Chris Chibnall. Um and, um, and and all the connections fly there because, of course, Broadchurch not only had David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker, but David Bradley and Arthur, Arthur Darville. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so that's all coming together. But I was thinking um, that kind of a cliff, um, in, in, like in the place in, uh, in Dorset where they filmed that, that's in Britain what, what's called the Jurassic Coast. Hmm. And I thought, oh, that's cool. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. <laughs> Jurassic Coast. Um <laughs> And it's called that, of course. I mean, you can look at it. It is a it's it's an archaeologist's dream, of course, because it, you can just look at it and see layer upon layer upon layer going back millions and millions of years. Um, that when those 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 cliffs on the Jurassic Coast, when they when they eroded like that, they exposed you know this this whole you know huge section of of Earth's history, and uh, it had me thinking about that. From looking at a cliff like that, you can see back to 200, you know, 150, 200 million years ago, and that is the Jurassic period. If you go back another 200 million years, you get to what we call the Silurian period. You see how all this fits mm. together, man? Isn't that cool? Mm. Yeah. And anyway, and, and also, uh, just throwing real quick, um, I didn't know this until researching this episode, but I didn't know uh, Nephi actually mysteriously disappeared. Yes. So apparently right. her yeah. and John Riddle, you know, are living it up in the early 1900s. Yeah. 
Yeah. We don't know that she is that she didn't. Yeah. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. I, my my wife, you know, is a is a huge uh, Agatha Christie fan, and uh, she's gotten tired of me doing this. But every now and then, she'll say, uh, "And of course, those are those few days of Agatha's life that we just don't know about." And I say, "She was in the TARDIS. I know where. <laughs> I know where she was. She was. In the TARDIS. They just skipped her over those days. I know." Um, two shout outs to, uh, Arthur C. Clarke and 2001, a space odyssey in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Brian calls him Arthur C. Clarke, which is, which is funny. And as the robots are shutting down for no reason at all, they sing Daisy Bell, um, oh, <laughs> as I, their brains are shutting. I did not kiss that. <laughs> Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So I actually had one other thing to add, which Good. is... This is the first time we have seen dinosaurs proper on Doctor Who since the mm-hmm. third Doctor's story, Invasion of the Dinosaurs, which I love to make fun of because of yeah. the dinosaur peeking around the side of the building. Not not, not one of Doctor Who's finest moments. No, 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 no. And, and, and I guess you could say no. this is a makeup because I thought the CG in this episode was wonderful. It seems like they spent a lot on this episode. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard to watch it and not start, you know, wondering about that, isn't yeah. it? Or thinking, how much money did they spend on this episode? Mm. Um, there's so much. Um, I, I understand that they built uh, that Triceratops kind of down to the, down to the knees. Mm. So when it's, when we see the whole thing, it's CG, but obviously when they're, when they're climbing on its back, that is a, that is something that they built. And, uh, yeah, uh, but I, I had read somewhere that, um, it was, it was hard that all three of the actors who, who were sitting on that said, yeah, that's not as much fun as it looks like. <laughs> it was really hard to hold on to that thing. And yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable, yes. Yeah, <laughs> very uncomfortable. All right, so let's get into our favorite quote. And Clarence, why don't you go first? Favorite quote. Oh, man. So this is a very suggestive quote we got from John in the very <laughs> beginning when the doctor pops out no. of nowhere. Now, where have you been, man? Seven months. You said you were popping out for some licorice. I had two very disappointed dances on my hands. Not that I couldn't manage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Fortunately, December cover was twins. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going because he did another. Uh, there was another suggestive quote, even oh, like suggestive. Did a lot of them. Yeah, he did. He was very yes. solemnistic, but you know, yes. hey. <laughs> cool. Yes, you need a man of action with a big weapon. <laughs> yes, that one. Okay, so human sleeping potion or walking in innu- innuendo. Take your pick. Oh, is that your favorite quote? No, my favorite quote is, yes. Yes, I am. Ah, uh, are you a queen? Yes. Makes no sense out of context, does it? <laughs> no. And you, Amy. I had to think about it. Are you also a queen? <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, so, good for you. So I was going to have that one, but in my mind, yeah. what I heard her say was, yes, I am a queen. So I was looking for that, so I couldn't find it. Now I know why. But my favorite quote then as a runner-up because it was just so much fun hearing him say it dinosaurs on a spaceship on a spaceship yeah so good <laughs> all right so favorite scene and i'll go first on this one favorite scene 
is something you guys have already referred to and not necessarily in a good way, but my favorite scene was the doctor's fury. That moment where you knew he was pissed off and it was, you know, there's the, you know, what's about to hit the fan. That was my favorite scene. Mm. Mm. All right, Lee, favorite scene. Uh, yeah, I guess like everything else we've talked about it already, but I just, I just, the byplay with the, the robots and the doctor and Rory and Brian, you're going straight on the naughty step <laughs> and things like that. They have us hostage. Well, they're taking us somewhere. We might learn from it. Oh, you see, so clever. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to kill us, are you, Rusty? Who are you calling Rusty? Well, have you seen yourselves lately? You try being on this ship for two millennia. See how your paintwork does. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's just, it's great stuff. All right, Clarence, what say you? I love anything with Neffy and Amy going back and forth. I guess it wasn't so much going back and forth, but, you know, Neffy was a little bit jealous that Amy had this relationship with the doctor, you know. And just any time they were, you know, she was trying to suss out, you know, Amy's relationship. I thought all of that was just fun and interesting. And, uh, yeah, I I love their interactions in this episode. You brought up, before we get into our final rating, Clarence, you brought up something that I'm glad you did because I forgot to touch on it, which is we start seeing glimpses and hints that the Pond's lives in the TARDIS are soon to come to an end. You know, not that their lives are coming to an end, but that, uh, you know, no spoilers, but that their time in the TARDIS is marching ever so quickly to its conclusion and you start seeing those hints there yeah the doctor says you'll you'll be there until the end of me and then amy says or vice versa you know i I thought that little conversation they had at the end was very sad and and touching as well when you know amy's you know saying doctor i wish you'd come around more you know (laughs) um where have you been what have you been up to and she's just looking forward to what their relationship might be and knowing that the doctor can basically live forever, you know, um, there's, there's a certain sadness that, that comes along with that for our companion. So, yeah. And I think they even mentioned the fact of, are you weaning yourself from, from them? And that's, I think that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> what do you think, Lee? It, it certainly feels that way. he, he won't admit it. It really does feel. That way. Well, Lee, what did you say last, uh, episode when we were talking random and you said uh, you know one of the things that you and I differ on is you like to finish things to a conclusion and I like to Mm. lock that thing away so that I know that it's out there somewhere and I said I'm like the doctor I don't like endings there you go there you go yeah and and real quick I know this is very off subject but if you've seen Invincible there's uh, the Amazon show Invincible there's a little bit echoes of of you know having someone that can live forever. And then you have this normal human that has a, you know, finite life. Um, I, I kind of got echoes of that in that show as well, but I have to also mention that <laughs> Brian, again, Brian is the best. I'm riding a dinosaur on a spaceship. I only came to fix your lights. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. So final rating and, Clarence, since you weren't here last week, I'm going to start with you. Final rating. What say ye? Oh, man. How do I say this? Uh, five dinosaurs out of five? I don't know. Five yeah. golf balls? Is that, is that what Brian had in his pocket? <laughs> out of five? Yes. <laughs> All right. Lee Shackelford, what say ye? 
I'm going to give it five collapsible trowels out of five. Oh man. Okay. So, yeah, what wow, sort of you man doesn't carry trowel? This hard for me. Yeah. Um, let's give it. I want to say five trikeys out of five, but ah, I got it. Five. Here we go. Five service robots riding five trikeys out of five. Okay. There you go. I like it. I like it. That's cool. Cool, 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 cool. That was fun, gentlemen. So that means I get to ask you one final question. And Lee Shackelford, I will start with you. Where else might you be found on the internet? Or what have you been watching that you would like to share with everyone? Well, um, interestingly enough, um, we've talked about... um, well, I mentioned the BBC Sherlock, who we were talking earlier. And um, I know, Kyle, that you are a fan of the um, the modern-day setting in America, a uh, Sherlock Holmes story called Elementary. Yes. With the amazing John Lee Miller as uh, Sherlock and Lucy Liu as uh, Watson. And uh, my wife and I have been binging that again, and we are getting into the b- bizarre seventh season <laughs> where because the show was uh you know the, the 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 network said we may only be able to do six seasons so you better wrap it up and so they did and then said psych we, you can have a seventh season oh, <laughs> so the way these these showrunners have yeah figured out what to do with those new those new 13 episodes i think it's just uh, mind-bogglingly brilliant and um it's yes. just so much fun. so now you've given uh, me a completely different light of yeah. knowing that that is cool i did not know that yeah the last line of the sixth season spoilers is um we're here where i always thought we belonged which would have been a great way to end the series mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's not here we go again <laughs> here we go again so awesome such fun all right, Clarence Brown, what about you? I'll say if you are into Star Trek, um, I had the the opportunity to speak with Gates McFadden on our podcast, and it was a fun conversation yeah. I had with her. So if you're into that, you know, TNG, you're into that that, that era, uh, definitely check it out because uh, she has a new podcast coming up called Gates McFadden Investigates, and we talk about that along with other stuff. So check that out. Yes, indeed. She, did, she didn't call it Investigates McFadden? <laughs> Well, investigates with the big G. Gates. (laughs) I see. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I will just close by saying that for everyone listening, we were glad that you're here. Please check out all the Discussing Network shows at discussingnetwork.com. And be sure to subscribe to this show and all of those on the network that suit your fancy, which we hope is all of them. So, Again, we appreciate your time. You did not have to be here, as Lee will often say, and we do appreciate it. (laughs) And with that, we will be back next time. You've been listening to The Discussing Network. Find out more at DiscussingNetwork.com.